So we, uh, we almost had a little bit of an issue tonight. Um, before I left my house tonight, I, for whatever reason, felt it necessary to only bring my car key, which means I didn't have a key to the church. Um, so luckily, um, it was left unlocked earlier when I came in here and turned on the heat and everything, because that would have been embarrassing, wouldn't it? <laughs> so um, I've always been told to, to keep a Christmas Eve message short, right? And that's not necessarily a problem because of our normal worship schedule, um, but I am going to keep to that tonight to the best of my ability. Um, but as we continue in worship tonight and we reflect on the birth of Jesus, I think it's just really important to say a few things. Jesus was born for one reason, and that one reason was to reconcile sinners to God. That was his job here, to take you and me and mediate a relationship between us and God that was rich in forgiveness and mercy. And the more we think about that, the more amazing that it really is. What happened over 2,000 years ago that we celebrate tomorrow is one of the two greatest miracles that have ever taken place in the world. And it doesn't happen with, with loud celebrations from the cities. It wasn't announced first to the political leaders and religious leaders of the day. It has none of the, the pomp and circumstance that we would think that a situation like that would bring with it. Instead, it happens in a small Middle Eastern town with a young, unmarried virgin mother on a calm, silent night in a stable of all places. And it wasn't announced first to those political leaders, but it was announced to a group of shepherds in a field that were just doing their job that night. That wasn't what the, the Jewish people expected of, of this birth at all. This wasn't supposed to be the birthplace of their Messiah. They thought he'd be born directly into royalty as a king from birth, which he was, but in a different way. <clears throat> I think that in its own rights is, is an important lesson that we need to pull from the birth of Jesus. The lesson is that we shouldn't limit God by, by our expectations of what we think he should do. Right? And I want to say that one more time. We should not limit God by our expectations of what we think that he should do. He's going to do whatever he wants, with whomever he wants, wherever he wants, because he is the sovereign one and not us. And I think that's partly why God did it this way. To show us that it's not always going to be what we want. Right? It's not always going to be what we think should happen. Jesus was brought into this world in human flesh through a situation that nobody expected. That way Jesus could do what he needed to do for us. And what I really want to concentrate tonight on is the humanity that Jesus possessed. The fact that Jesus was both God and man. Because I think often we kind of, we kind of miss that or forget about it when we think about Jesus, right? We, we think about Jesus and we think of him as God, the second person of the Trinity, and that he's just above us in, in all things and in all ways, which is all true. But we need to remember and, and really think about the implications of what it means that, that, 
that God put on human flesh. Hebrews 4.15 tells us this, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted just as we are, yet without sin. I want you to think about that. We don't, we don't have a lot of, of information about Jesus in his childhood or even his early adulthood, right? We have his birth, which is explained in the scripture. We have one situation when he was a young child, and then the next time we see him, he's starting his earthly ministry, right? So we don't get a lot of anything else that's going on there. But in those 30 years that we don't know a lot about, he's most likely living a very normal human life. And I know that's weird to think about, but most of his days were most likely very mundane. He got hungry. He worked. He got sad. He played. He, he used the bathroom. He slept. He had regular everyday conversations with the other people in his life. What I'm trying to get at here is that, is that Jesus knows what we do here. And he knows what we go through. And it's not from afar from the heavens. It's because he decided that it was necessary to come and live among us. I know I can for sure be guilty of what I'm about to say. But sometimes we get so caught up in, in knowing theology and being able to defend the things that we believe and even trying to act like we have it all figured out, right? That we forget what Christ really did and how he did it. We're more worried about how much information we can take in or how we're perceived by others that we forget about the humanity that Jesus had and what he did in it. Jesus sympathizes with us, right? Not just in our successes, but also in the depths of our pain and our despair. Jesus sympathizes with the broken. He sympathizes with, with the disenfranchised. He, he sympathizes with the oppressed. He sympathizes with us in all ways. And everything that we've been through, he understands. Because he has seen and lived it firsthand. Jesus knows those depths in every way, and yet he overcame them all when we would fail. And that's what we needed, right? We all need somebody that, that can sit with us, that can, that can say to us, I know what you're going through when we're going through a tough situation, right? It's always helpful to, to have that person who just understands, isn't it? Somebody that's gone through the same situation that you're going through. Somebody that can tell you that it's all going to be okay. It can be that shoulder that you can cry on. And that's what we have in Jesus. And we have that because he took on human flesh. And, and church, I think it's very important that we remember that he is never taking that humanity off. Right? When Jesus ascended into the heavens, it was in his human flesh. And the angel said that he would return in the very same fashion that he left. Understand what that means. It means that there is a, a human being sitting next to the Father on their thrones. Pastor David Jeremiah put it once this way, God loves humanity so much, he allows his own son to live in humanity at his right hand. 
That is just, thinking about that is just completely mind-blowing to me. He knows us. He's lived among us. He was tempted like us. He was poor. He was despised. He suffered physical pain. He knows the, the feeling of living a life where you know that somewhere down the road you're, you're going to die. He knows all of that. Only a human being could, could experience these things. And only a human being could truly understand them and go through them through that experience. God did that so we would have the mediation and the salvation that we needed. And that's why I want you to know tonight. Jesus willingly came here so that you and I would have a mediator between ourselves and the Father that knows exactly what we're doing. What we're doing. Knows exactly what we go through and has the ability to, to take on what you failed. To take all the punishment that's deserved for the failures that we have. And the only thing that, that, that could take that on is a human being. And the only thing that could defeat that, those things in the end was God. Now, I want to tell you a story that uh, my pastor once told on Christmas Eve. It was the same as every year. A father wasn't going to the Christmas Eve service with his family. So he kissed his wife and kids goodbye and said that he'd see them later on in the night. After he left, he sat down on his recliner and started to watch his favorite TV show. After about 15 minutes or so, he noticed outside that there was a serious snowstorm coming in and, and the snow was coming down and the wind was blowing even harder. And he was thankful that his wife took the four-wheel drive truck they owned so they would get home safely. And then it happened. A group of small three birds were flying into the window of the house, trying to get inside to get out of the storm to safety. And he thought to himself, I'm not going to open my door and let these birds fly into my house. Right? But I have to do something for them because if I leave them out there the way they are, they're going to die. So he put on some heavy clothes and some boots and he went outside to the back to his barn and he opened it up and he turned on the lights and he tried everything that he could to get the birds inside the barn. He tried to shoo them into the barn and they wouldn't go in. He went inside and got breadcrumbs and he started to make a trail with them but the wind would just blow them away. He went and got grain to try and make another type of trail and the snow would just cover it up immediately. Everything that he could think of wasn't working, and he was just getting so frustrated that he finally said to himself, God, if I could just become one of these birds for just a moment to be able to get them to safety. And then it clicked. And he said to himself, that's what Christmas is really all about, isn't it? God became one of us in his son Jesus so we could have the safety of his kingdom. And I'd like to believe that at the end of that story, it's the very last Christmas Eve service that that man ever missed. And if we're being honest, I really hope that it's the last Sunday service that he ever missed. Church, tomorrow we celebrate the, the birth of a king. God on earth to heal and reconcile all to him. And we all need that, that relationship with him. And I'm asking you to make a decision tonight. 
whether it's the very first time or, or you rededicate your life, make a decision for Jesus tonight. What you, what you gain in repenting of your sins and putting your trust in Christ is just simply immeasurable, right? It's not a possibility that I could stand up here in front of you and explain everything that comes with that. We'd be here until Monday. But what I can tell you is that a right relationship with God brings you into his family. It brings you into the kingdom of God. And all these gifts that these candles that we light represent, these gifts of hope, peace, love, and joy, you get all of those and so, so much more. I know that some of you may be going through a storm of your own right now. You may feel like you're drowning in the things of the world, trying to find a path to get you to safety. And Jesus can be that guide. He can be that, that guide that pulls you to safety. As we prepare for communion, for, for the rest of the service, of course, the altar is open. And if necessary, the front pews are open. And if there are people that need prayer, if there's people that want to make a decision for Christ, I will sit here at... I know she's going to hate it, but I'll sit here all night if I have to. Because it's just so much more important. Make the first day, make today the first day of the rest of your life. Take God and, and his word seriously. As we, as we move into the celebration of tomorrow, make the best decision that you ever can. Amen.